I haven't stood up here for 14 months. It's been a long time. But it's time. A lot has happened in 14 months. A year ago, September, Jenny and I went on sabbatical. Came back at Easter time. We've just been being blessed, soaking in everything, sitting right back there. Kind of nice. But I've got a word from God for this morning. I know it's from God because I know it's inside of me. I know what God's been working. And there's a time for everything, and every time has a season. So I'm standing up here, and you're sitting there, so it's time. It's time. And, and this word is for today. Lord, I thank you for this word. I thank you have been working it in me for so long. And what's going to come forth is from your spirit. I believe that. Otherwise, I wouldn't be standing here. So, Lord, I just pray you'd open our hearts to what your spirit has for us this morning. Holy Spirit, you do your work. We believe it's going to happen. Because you're great, you're here, and that's, that's the way the kingdom of God works. So we give you all praise, honor, and glory. Before I really get into the message, I want us to understand three things. Three truths that we really need to know and understand if we're really to walk properly in the kingdom of God. First, you know there's two kingdoms. There's the kingdom of this world, and there's the kingdom of God. They're both real. We know this is real. We've got real pews. We've got a real mat here. We've got real things, you know. We see it. We touch it. So we know that's real. But there's a kingdom of God. And the kingdom of God, if we're honest with ourselves as Christians, the kingdom of God is even more real than the world reality. Because the kingdom of God reality is more powerful and greater than the kingdom of the world. So that's the first understanding. We could preach about that for years. But let's just set that aside and just understand there's two kingdoms. We live in both. We're citizens of both. But we're citizens of the kingdom of God, and that's most important. The second thing, we are people of faith. Now, everybody has faith. Before I knew God, I had faith. I'd drive down the road. I have faith that the guy coming towards me isn't going to smash into my car. And, of course, I had faith in myself that I could do anything I wanted. That faith fell apart. But that's, that's for another day. We're people of faith. We're people of faith in God. We're people of faith in God. And that tells us to believe before we see. Now, if we're in the faith of the things of the world, we have to see something before we believe it. But once we're in the kingdom of God, we believe even before we see. Because the Spirit of God quickens us inside and we get to understand things we would in no way be able to understand without God's Spirit. 
and we can see things before they manifest. That's what faith is, seeing before we believe. I mean believing before we see. That's what our faith tells us. We believe so we can see. So we don't live by circumstances. We, believe, we live by faith. So, two kingdoms. We're people of faith. And the third thing. There is an ultimate truth. Now, before I knew God, truth could be whatever I felt it should be because it made sense to me. Truth doesn't have to make sense to the natural mind. Truth is truth. It's God's truth. And that's what takes precedence over any other thoughts, any other ideas, anything else. God's truth, the word of God, prevails. It does what it says it's going to do when God wants it to do it. Okay, we've got three understandings now, right? There's two kingdoms. We live in both. The kingdom of God takes precedence. We're people of faith, so we get to see things before we even see them naturally because we believe, and our belief takes precedence over our sight. And the third thing, there is a truth. Now, with those things in mind, I want to talk a little bit this morning about perspective. Perspective. Where do we come from? How do we look at things? How do we see things? Now, if you look up front, you see three chairs up there. We're going to pretend just for this morning that I I wish it was raised up even farther to give us a better idea. But this is the throne room of God. This is Father God's seat right here. There's two other seats that we're going to talk about. But that tall, big one, that's for Father God. Because Father God takes precedence over everything. He's in charge of whatever is. He's probably in charge of whatever isn't. Because he's just in charge. Our creator, Father God. I'm going to read just a little bit of it of Ephesians this morning. Chapter 2. Chapter 2. I'm going to set it up by starting at the end of chapter 1. The end of chapter 1 is Paul praying for the people of God. Us, in extension, he's praying for us. Uh, 17, 1, 17. The God of our Lord Jesus Christ may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him, that your, the eyes of your understanding be enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling. He's praying for us here. What are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? What are the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe according to the working of his mighty power? Verse 20, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead. Father God raised Jesus from the dead and seated him, seated Jesus at his right hand in the heavenly places. So if we look right up here, here, 
We got Father God's seat right here. This is the throne room of God. Seated to his right is Jesus. There's going to come a day when Jesus stands up from that seat. He hasn't done it yet. But when he stands up from that seat, watch out, universe, because things are about to happen. But for right now, Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father. Okay, we got that picture? Now let's go over to chapter 2, verse 4. But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, he made us alive together with Christ. He's talking about the born-again experience here. We were made alive together with Christ. Our spirits were enlivened. So first, we're alive together with Christ. By grace you were saved. Verse 6. He raised us up together... In other words, he made us alive, we were born again. He raised us up, he resurrected us, just like Jesus got resurrected. And again, we're talking spiritually here, because this didn't really happen so we could see it, but we know it's happening by our faith. This is spiritual things we're talking about. So uh, we were made alive with him, we were raised up together with him. And number three, verse six, made us sit together in the heavenly places with Christ. Okay, eyes up here, look at this. Father God, Jesus, me, I'm seated with Christ in the heavenly places. So are you. This is your chair too. Now tell me, when is this going to happen? When are we going to take that seat? It already happened. When you were born again, you were made alive with Christ. You were raised with Christ. And you are seated with Christ. Spiritually, the reality of the kingdom of God, you are right there. Now I know my feet are right here on earth, touching the earth. And just like Jesus, when he was on earth, his feet touched the earth, his feet got dirty. He had to have his feet washed so he could be clean. But just because his feet were on the earth, just because my feet are on the earth right now, doesn't mean I live here because my real reality is a kingdom reality and I'm seated with Christ in the heavenly places right now. So while my feet are on the earth, I'm in the earth, I'm not of the earth because spiritually I'm right over there right now what's the lag time quote unquote between getting born again and being seated with Christ there ain't none the instant and an instant is too long because an instant is a time 
period. And with God, there ain't no time period. The moment we get born again, we're seated with Christ in the heavenly places. Don't I even get a hallelujah? Colossians chapter 3. At the beginning it says, Set your mind on things above. The word set means strive to do it. It's going to take some striving, some effort. Set your mind on things above. You can do it. The Word says so. Why are we to do that? Because we're seated next to Christ. Set our minds up there. My thinking needs to be directed by my relationship with Jesus. We're sitting together. We can talk to each other all the time. He is speaking to me all the time up there in my spiritual place. This is my perspective right here. This is where I need to see things from. This is where my faith life is. This is where my kingdom life is. And this takes precedence over what I see here on the world, in the world. It takes precedence over where my feet are walking. It doesn't mean I can't look at my feet and watch out where I'm walking, because if I'm not careful, I'll step right on Andrew. So, yes, I know there's things here I need to attend to. But this isn't where my thinking comes from. This isn't where my direction comes from. This isn't where my faith comes from. It comes from that seat right up there. If I keep my eyes and thoughts directed on this right here, this world, it ain't going to go well. Because the world is nuts. The world is insane. Because it's insane not to want a loving God to be in your life. It's insane. So one of our teachers said years ago, then what we need to pray for is five minutes of sanity for everybody on the earth. Because in those five minutes, we can understand how much God loves us and the reality of God. Because it's insane not to want it. So in a sense, every moment of our life, we should be living in an out-of-body experience. I know my body's here, but my life is hidden with Christ. My life is up here, so this is where my direction comes from. I'm going to say a sentence, and I want you to be careful to listen hard. I'm going to say it twice. People think that we're a product of what we've been through. But we are actually a product of what we believe in spite of what we've been through. Let me say that again. 
people, including me, I mean, this, this is the wisdom of the world, quote unquote, because there ain't none. But this is what the world says and causes us to try to believe, even in the church. People think. People think we are a product of what we have been through. But actually, we're a product of what we believe in spite of what we've been through. Because the circumstances don't take precedence over kingdom truth and reality. Okay, I was 10 months old. My father was killed in a tragic accident. So I grew up with a stepfather who was nothing like my father. But I didn't know it at the time. I grew up with feelings of abandonment my whole life till I was almost 40. That's my circumstance. That took precedence over my life. Because I didn't have a spiritual life till I was almost 40. So for those 40 years... I was abandoned. I acted like it. I thought like it. It directed my life. What does an abandoned person do? Try to find relationship in a whole lot of strange ways. Anything to take away that feeling of abandonment. And when you get far enough down, you've got to cover up the feeling with all kinds of things that the world can offer. And it offers a whole lot of things. So, I directed my life into some places where I could find meaning. Things that I did well. My wife and I were just talking on the way here. Sports. I was a sports fanatic. Fan. Fanatic. Take fanatic to its farthest reaches. For instance, I played football until I was 38 years old. Have a game on Sunday. Played a game. Drink for eight hours afterwards, of course, because the game's only part of the experience. The next morning, Monday, in the shower, I would start thinking about the next game. I knew most of the players. I was a receiver. I knew most of the players who were playing against me. And for that week, I would picture, all week long, I would picture that guy and what I was going to do to trick him. Every day of the week, that's what my life was. And then the next week, play the game, use my tricks. I was the leading scorer on the team for years. I was so involved in it, my wife said, for what? Why? It was my meaning. And that's just one That's just one example. If you don't have anything to believe in besides yourself, what do you do? You do what you can do. And then when you do it well, I remember the first trophy I ever won. I stayed up almost all night, putting the trophy on the mantle, just walking back and forth, looking at the trophy. All night! High point. Now, when I'm low, somebody's got to be blamed. Well, it can't be me because I'm doing my best. Best. It's got to be somebody else 
Probably somebody who's nearby me. Who could that be? So my wife got all the blame for all the things that went wrong. But when we are born again, we have a belief that brings us above the circumstances where we're seated next to Jesus. The circumstances pale in comparison. The circumstances, in most cases, don't make any difference. Because I know where I am. I know whose I am. And I start seeing things the way Jesus sees them. Because he's telling me about the circumstances. I remember standing up here two and a half years ago saying, well, I just got a diagnosis of cancer. And I remember speaking here. There might be cancer in my body, but I am not a victim of cancer. Seated up there, I'm not a victim of anything. I'm a son of God. I'm with Christ. I see things the way He does. We have never, even though my wife and I have both had cancer, we haven't gone to the cancer walk. And I understand what they're doing. There's nothing against the cancer walk. There's great things being done there. But I do not want to walk around the track with a certain color shirt on to show that I had cancer. The cancer was in my body. I'm in complete remission now. Praise the Lord. But I don't want to be known as a cancer person. Because... Yes, my, there was cancer in my body. Yes, I've gone through treatments. I've gone through a stem cell transplant. Yes, I'm still on chemo till May. That doesn't even matter to me. Because right now, ah, this is where I'm sitting. That's where I see my life. That's where I see my wife from. That's where I see you from. That's where I see everything from. It takes precedence over whatever's going on. You see, my circumstances is not who I am. It's what's happening in the world that I, and what's happening in my little world. <laughs> but it's not who I am. I belong to Jesus. I'm a son of God, just like Him. He shares His inheritance with me. That's who I am. See, if that's not true, if that's not true, when do I ever get free enough 
to the point where there's nothing wrong with me. See, without this perspective, it's my bad. Everything's my bad. Because nothing's going to go right. You know that in this world. You're going to get a leak in your basement. You're going to get a flat tire. Somebody's going to go off on you and call you names. I mean, what, these are the things that happen here. And if I'm down here, and I'm not thinking about being seated over there, if I'm down here, all that stuff is going to get into me and start telling me who I am, quote-unquote. And I'm going to start believing it. Are you saying you ignore, you ignore the fact that cancer was in, that you had cancer? No, I'm not saying that. I know there was cancer in my body. It's a, it was a fact. But I said when I was standing up here a couple of years ago, I don't have cancer. I don't have it. It's not mine. I know it's in my body, but I don't have it. What do I have? I have Jesus. And Jesus and I are going to learn how to go through this together. Am I being too picky with words here? Am I being, you know... When do we ever get free enough to the point where there's nothing wrong with us? I'll tell you when. I'll tell you when. I know when. The minute, moment we are born again, there is nothing wrong with you. Nothing. In God's sight, you are the righteousness of God. So, when aren't you the righteousness of God? Never! It doesn't matter what you do. What you do, you you sin, there's ways to take care of that, and I'm not trying to bypass it or make light of it. I'm talking about who you really are. It doesn't change. You're free. You're you. You're the righteousness of God. And it doesn't make any difference what you go through. It doesn't make any difference what your family says about you. It doesn't make any difference if you get a flat tire. Oh, I'm out of God's will. I got a flat tire. No. In this fallen world, people leave nails around, you know? And I have to drive over it. So I don't say, thank you, God, I got a flat tire. And I don't say, I hate God because I got a flat tire. It's in this world, okay? So I get the flat tire fixed and I get home a little late. Whatever, whatever, we've got to remember, we're seated right there all the time. Now, you, I suppose if you wanted to, you could get off that seat and walk around in the world with a whole different mindset. And I believe there are some Christians who do that. Their life doesn't look like the life of Christ. Doesn't mean they're not born again. Doesn't mean they don't think they need a Savior. But boy, they're going to have a hard life. Maybe just, maybe even harder than before because now you've got war going on inside of you. 
Before you didn't have war, you didn't even think about God. I got something written down here. And Nick, you stole it when you got him and spoke. Did you see my notes here? When we get born again, we die to ourself. Our self is dead. Listen, old things have passed away. The word in the Greek that means pass away means pass away dead. 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 Old things are dead. All things become new. The word all means all. Things means my past life. Become new means brand spanking new. I'm born again. Everything becomes new immediately. There is no old life. I'm not abandoned any longer. I belong to Father God. He's never going to leave me or forsake me. All things become new. I get seated with Christ in the heavenly places. I'm a new me. I see things from up there. And there's no lag time. I don't have to wait for it. And the only thing we can do is not believe it. I'm not saying believe it. I'm saying the only thing we can do is not believe it. Because it's true. So my question today is, what's your perspective? What are you going to not believe? And if you're like everybody else, when you get confused, when you get upset, when you get... When this world starts pressing in on you, the only thing you can do is either believe that we're seated with Christ and that's where our life is, or not. I'm not choosing not anymore. I'm choosing seated. I'm choosing to believe. I'm choosing what's true. And that's why you're going to see me smiling. That's why I'm in a good mood. I don't care what's happening. That's me. That's you too. That's you. So put your arm around the chair. Have a good time. Yes, we're going to be sad a little bit. We're going to be upset by things. You know, my dad just passed away. Of course, it was a sad grieving time. Still still grieving. But this takes precedence over that even. And allows me to see what happened with my dad in a whole different light. And I'm praising God. How are we doing? Are we doing all right? Father, I just thank you that you are quickening this truth to our hearts, that we are seated with Christ in the heavenly places. And that's our place. That's our kingdom spot. 
Thank you, you've included us in your kingdom. Thank you, we get to be sons and daughters of God. And that's our place. So we praise you for it. And now, we know you're going to go with us as we walk this coming week in you. And you're going to bring this to our attention. And we're going to this week even see more and more and more and more into the reality of your kingdom, who we are, and how that affects our life. So we bless you for it. In Jesus' name. Amen. Go in peace.